Well, you just start. We're rolling. Podcast. I'm ready. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. Hey. Phones right off. We good? Super Mike's off. In. Okay. Here we go. This is Josh Patterson, and on today's episode, we're going to talk briefly about the name change and a new focus and direction that we've got with the show. We've got Dude Perfect joining us in studio to talk about Trick Shot Sports Spoofs, their story, and how they're using their platform to share the gospel. And at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about a new segment that we're introducing called Slow Takes. Okay, so I'm joined here with Matt and David Rourke. David joined us on the last episode of last season. David's been the producer of the show since its inception. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the new direction with the show. It's no longer called the Village, Village Church Podcast Show. It's now Culture Matters. David, talk to us about this. What what are we thinking here? Yeah, it's. I would just say that it's, it's not what I would call a significant shift because if you even go back and look at all the previous episodes of the podcast, you'll see that most of it, if not probably like 90, 95% of it was focused on cultural topics, basically just trying to think about what it looks like to be a Christian in the world, you know, from politics to sports to movies, art, all those things we've we've touched on in different places. And really the hope now is to hone in on that a little bit more and some of the other things that we were doing, do less of that, do more of the culture, make that the focus of the show. And then for practical reasons, we just liked this name more. The Village Church Podcast Show, I would say, was never my favorite name in the world. I don't know if okay. you guys feel the same. Wow. It was. Were you the one, though, that came up with that title, being the producer and all? <laughs> the, tru- <laughs> the, tru- this the truth is, the truth is just yes. a safe place. It's yeah. a safe place. It's an okay place. People to make mistakes, okay. and it's fine. It's okay to not be okay, yeah. David. It, it was a mistake, and I lived with it for a while. I tried to defend it for a while. And, and when you finally... New- and then I gave in, or you know I heard what? the wisdom of others. If you feel so led, why don't you email David and thank him for that and just encourage him. His email address is droark at thevillagechurch.net. D-R-O-A. Wow. I don't even, don't don't even your try. Name. <laughs> anyway, David. So that's a new direction. And, and really, again, as David said, wanting to really focus in on what it means to think and act Christianly in the context in which we find ourselves and, and bring in the gospel the gospel to bear really in every sphere of life. And and so I'm excited about that. Culture Matters is a new name. It's easy. Uh, and that's that's the new that's the new focus. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited to do it. I think like you said, David, we're already having these conversations. In fact it's even hard to record this show around specific topics because even before we can get to recording this, we're we're talking everything from politics to movies to um, Hollywood in, in here before we even hit record. So I, I think it's going to be really helpful moving forward. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think these are the things that our people and our listeners are in day to day. These are the everything that people find themselves in from Netflix binges to their kids in sports to watching sports to just all the to work and uh I just, I just think it's, it's helpful to talk about, okay, what does it look like to apply the gospel, to see these things through gospel lenses, and hopefully we can continue to, to help people do that. So. Yeah, amen. That's the hope. Let's welcome in Dude Perfect. Hey, we're here with 
Kobe Cotton and Cody Jones of Dude Perfect. Thank you guys for being here with us. If you're not familiar with Dude Perfect, it's actually a sports entertainment group known for. Yeah, it's unbelievable. For they are YouTube sensations. You guys are too kind. YouTube. No, no, that's what you told us like to say. Got, yeah. YouTube <laughs> sensations. Yeah, reading what yeah. you sent yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are pouring it on. So <laughs> they do. They do all these kinds of trick shots and sports stunts and. All kinds of things like that. In fact, you you may not know that their name is Dude Perfect and you've actually seen their videos because I think I read that you guys have over 2 billion views with a B, with a big B. Is that, that true? That's That'd accurate, but I'm telling you, I am nervous. How many of those are y'all watching you your own videos? Oh, a lot. So mostly okay. my mom. She's at least a billion of those. A lot of them. No doubt. <laughs> I, guys, I can't tell you how nervous I am, though. I mean, I have listened to so many of these podcasts where they all recorded right here in this very room. In uh, this Josh's room. were. We don't yeah. let Josh live in front of the people. So if <laughs> he's going to speak to the people, it's always it's audio always, and It's edited here. every yeah. time. Yeah. Every time. So talk to us a little bit about Dude Perfect. What is Dude Perfect? If you could explain it with an elevator pitch, Dude Perfect is... Yeah, I mean, I would go with this, Cody, by the way. I would go with um, a quick seven years ago. We were all best friends, roommates at college, in college at Texas A&M, and started making trick shot videos, and they started to catch on. And so we just grew that platform on on YouTube to to more dynamic videos from battles where we would invent a sport and then compete at it to stereotype series where we would take, like, an event and, like, make fun of it, whether it's, like – you know, airplane stereotypes, the guy who, you know, brings way too many bags. And then also the videos with athletes. We've worked with a lot of, you know, A-listers as far as um, celebrity athletes go and kind of highlight their skills and make them look awesome. And so we've been doing it for this long and we have a TV show out, iPhone game, and kind of just morphed into a lot of stuff and try and make awesome family-friendly content for the masses. That might have worked on the Trump Tower that was, elevator. That was a long yeah. elevator yeah. ride. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Big tower. I thought you okay, so tower. if I could just recap that, you you just started recording trick shots. You just Somebody was like, hey, I got that. I got that shot. Let's try that again, and let's post it. And it took off from there. That's how it started? Yeah, we did. We started our – guys, I'm going to go ahead and apologize ahead of time. They're giving me this glare. I clear my throat every once in a while. So Clear that throat, bro. It's just no. Just no. I said it all right. It may happen. He does it every time. I do that a lot. Uh, but no, that's true. We we made a video in our backyard in college, um, just because there are that's tens typical, right? of thousands of people listening right now that go. I could do that. We can shoot videos. We in can our do backyard. that. Oh, yeah. You guys should do it, guys. You, <laughs> yeah, you guys, come on. <laughs> you're you're setting yourself up for some competition. You right. don't have to do that. We love it. Okay, so give us some favorite moments. Favorite moments. Thinking about. Mm. So I've watched. I've watched a ton of these videos. Yep. My kids love them. I love them. Give me. Give me one that just stands out. A shot, a moment, an experience. What do you got? Lead off. Probably, this is Kobe. Do I need to say that? Is that dumb? It's fine. You're not, you're not dumb. <laughs> is he not, though? I don't know. I start to wonder. When I have it just big... matters why you're saying Are you saying your name so that you know it? Or are you saying that it's so <laughs> I think we're listening? Know I don't it? know. I mean, it's a good question. The, it's the motivation. I'm wondering. Kind of what do they do on multiple, uh, multiple people on? <laughs> just, I think they can just tell the difference. Yep. One of my favorite moments this last year, we got to do a video with two athletes at the same time, Aaron Rodgers and Chris Paul, and they were both super cool. Um, I think what we've seen over the time working with these guys is they're just these guys that we all hold up on a pedestal. Normal they're dudes. just super normal dudes. And so the more we've remembered that and just give them a chance to have fun and hang out has made it just a blast. So that one to me, getting to work with both those guys, talking fantasy football with them and all that kind of jazz. It was awesome. That's awesome. What do you got, Cody? My favorite experience was when we got to go to the World Cup in Rio and film some soccer videos with those guys and just kind of see the culture down there and how much soccer and football 
matters to the world and not America. And just kind of being a part of that atmosphere was just one of its in a lifetime, like just to kind of understand the country pride and all that. It was really cool. When did you know we can make this our job? Yeah. <laughs> because that's – it's fascinating. <laughs> because what you're describing is like – almost every man I know is like, I'd, I'd love to That'd have be awesome. professional athletes. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to – Oh, yeah. Per your comment earlier, I'd love to make an A-list celebrity athlete look good. I'm like, I think by nature of what you described, they do. I'd lean into that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So, at what point do you go? This is this is more than just a group of friends making videos. Like this is this is this is really becoming. Yeah, we're onto something. A a kind of platform, a place that uh, we can spend our lives doing this. We can, or at least this section of our life, doing this. I think we found out pretty quickly that people enjoyed the videos. Now there's a big difference between people enjoying watching a YouTube video and you making a living at it, right? So I think when that changed for us was when companies started reaching out wanting to be featured in the videos, and that was a real light bulb for us. Of wow, like I guess if there are this many people watching. This can be used for promotion, and so we have been really fortunate to work with some super cool companies, and a lot of times the reason that works well is they have athletes that they're already involved with, and so you know that plays really great for us. So I think that was the, the light bulb for us. So by extension, you guys yourselves are A-list celeb athletes. That's a stretch. Yeah, I, you know, uh, C-list <laughs> athletes. Maybe D. Yeah, I don't know. It just depends on the day. Or the sport, or the sport. For Who's sure. the best athlete of you five of the uh, five dude perfect God, guys? We would all, all if we were all in here, we would all debate and question. And listen, well, I'm certainly not going to give any credit to the guys who aren't here right Correct. now. Let's not that. pretend no. that this hasn't already been discussed ad nauseum between oh, you guys. Ad so ad just the, get well, to you know, yeah, let's just stick to the facts. So uh, this is Cody speaking. <laughs> I'm six six two twenty. Played high school basketball. Want to say title? Uh, Want to say title? Thank you, Matt. At a five A five A yeah school. Yeah. I Premier school. We did and uh, go play a Wildcats. Go play a Wildcats. Let's go. And uh, you know that I'm just going to leave the facts there. I've been playing sports almost every day my whole life. Um, but you can talk to this guy. I think he's five nah, seven. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys bringing that up. First of all, it's five nine. Okay, <laughs> strong one sixty. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm just yeah. stating the facts. He's Thank hoping you. a single girl out there is listening to this podcast. Well, I was, actually, that was, more, I was really stating that for the Ninja Warrior tryouts that I'm okay, hoping cool. to make. In fairness, because, there are I a mean, lot of elite athletes in Rio right now who are 4'9", 4'10". Yeah, maybe you could be a gymnast, Gobes. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. There you, you go. Know, uh, again, I'm leaning towards Balance Ninja beam, Warrior here. floor routine. <laughs> but you and a tutu are, just look. If we What's are. the ribbon? Yeah. The ribbon one. Yeah, I haven't seen that on television. Back on topic, guys. Since we're still stating the facts, Kobe, me has never lost to Cody, Mr. 6'6", in one-on-one basketball. Okay, to be fair, we played one time. Twice. Okay. Maybe twice, and it was <laughs> it was five years ago. And just to be honest, as Shaquille O'Neal would not do well in a 1v1 versus a smaller, quicker guy. Some of my attributes don't get counted for. Rebounding, uh, guarding a post player. We're starting to run out of options. Yep, here we go. We're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Listen, if you guys want us to work through this once we're done with the <laughs> podcast, we counseling. can sit down and, and talk through it. I actually beat Josh Patterson at foosball 10 years ago, <laughs> and I, I have never played him again. Yeah, like, stuck I just, with me. Why would you? Exactly. Yeah, I'm the like champion Kobe. of the world. I'm, like why Kobe. would I need to prove I've it? I've challenged I've, Cody every day since then. Okay, okay so let me ask you this. So back to trick shots. Yes, sir, back to what Josh. you guys Thank do. You. No, you're good. You're good. You guys have done some phenomenal shots things that have just happened right uh, i think of um you know one that i like is the bowling one mm-hmm. all that crazy mm-hmm. stuff on the bowl that, that was insane but don't y'all have a you've got a world record now it's the highest trick shot or the longest in air shot um give us some of those things and which one give, give us some challenging ones some ones you thought 
This is never going to happen, but it did. One of my favorite videos that we recently filmed was um, World Record Edition. And so we went out and attempted to break world records in the basketball category. So we did longest hook shot, longest no looker, longest off a building. And so some of those shots took, <laughs> you know, standard stuff. 15 standard stuff. minutes. Yeah. Like uh, literally the Michael Jordan. Larry Bird commercial. Oh, no doubt. McDonald's commercial. No we doubt. tried to do that for real. Yeah. Tyler no made a list. He looked online, literally just Googled world records, and he made a list of like 15 things. And we thought like if we get two of these, we'll be pumped. We ended up making 10 in two days and then went to the highest building we could get access to and within an hour and a half made the world's highest basketball shot, which was 515 feet from some tower in Oklahoma City. Really? Oh, I've right. seen that. I've yeah. seen that. It's a good one. That's unbelievable. Anything stick out to you, Cobe? Some take longer. Well, I was thinking from that video – then since you mentioned world records because that was the whole point of that video which was fun cody and i did a 3.1 and uh the record we were breaking was most three pointers by a pair of people two people and you had to alternate so once one person made it then the other person could shoot but it was from the nba line but if cody missed which he did quite often might i add okay i had to wait for him to make the second shot so then i would be green lighted but what's a world record it was 19 three pointers from the nba line in a minute is the record? Yep. So y'all should so try like that. Steph and Clay Thompson. Oh, they, they would probably it. shatter. Those it. guys <laughs> have a lot more to do with their time than what yeah. we just did. Okay. You know yeah, they're, what they're busy yeah. winning. Correct. <laughs> like championships, rings, like real yeah. things yeah. that they get paid for. And gold medals. Yeah, that kind no of thing. Okay, so at some level, you've got the coolest job in the world. I mean, you get to go out and have fun, hang out with your with your best buds, and and do do trick shots and and have a good time doing it with, as you said, a list athletes. But but it's more than that for you guys. There there's a faith element here. There's a platform element here. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, first and foremost, talk about your relationship with the Lord. You guys love the Lord. Did you grow up in church? You come to faith later in life. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, one thing we're incredibly grateful for is that we all have incredible families and with a with a background in faith. And I know a lot of people have talked to me that have either tried to run a business with friends or, you know, have heard about that. And I think that's what has allowed us to stay together. I mean, we're five best friends. I have a twin brother, so um, four families represented. And I don't think if we did not have Christ as the first, you know, most important um, thing in our life that we would have been able to continue what we have because there is just like any business, you know, you're going to have tensions and things that come up. But um, each of us would say that Christ is at the center of our life. And this has been just an incredible platform for us that we, we, we can't explain away any other way. I mean, God allowed this to happen and we're really grateful for it. Yeah. And then just to go, you know, touch on like our testimony, I grew up in the church, um, parents that love the Lord and, and, and Jesus and the story of the Bible just made sense to me. And so, um, for me, my story is really cool because I, once I got to college, I was on my own, I didn't have that blanket. And so for like three months I ran from the Lord and chased and pursued my own selfishness and, and just kind of the party scene at A&M. And then, um, the Lord broke me one night and I just got on my knees and cried out and said, Lord, I know I, you know, I shouldn't be living this way. And, Um, I remember that night being like, I don't know who my roommates are next year, but I know that I need to surround myself with godly men. And so I didn't know what that looked like, but I backed out of the current house I was going to live in, met the twins playing basketball, said, you know what, I'm going to trust you with this. I don't know that they could be huge weirdos. I don't have a clue, but I'm going to, I'm going to walk out in faith and, uh, jumped in this house. And that, that semester is when, um, dude perfect was born. And I met these guys that love the Lord and, and they, they pushed me towards 
towards my walk with Christ and ended up meeting my wife. And these were the guys that were at my wedding. And, and not to say that like you say yes to Jesus, all these cool things are going to happen. But at the end of the day, the Lord had an, an eye out for what I needed. And, um, it's just been so cool to grow in my faith and be a part of the church and, um, just use this platform to touch as many lives as we can. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, one of the things we, we experience here at the village or we see a lot at the village is, um, is men whose um, business or, or calling, vocational calling, um, man, they travel a bunch. And so that the, trying to balance um, their job with their families, with involvement in a local church, being rooted um, in, in a local congregation or a local community of faith, that, that that's that can be challenging for those guys, and so they're constantly trying to figure out and, and, and tweak what it looks like. And it, and, and it certainly sounds like you guys have built-in community and accountability just within uh, the group of five that kind of office together and live near each other and travel together. And um, But talk a little bit about um, navigating um, really – a community outside of Dude Perfect. Um, I think, in one sense, it might be fair. You, you tell me if it is to to think about Dude Perfect as as a singular entity, although there are five yeah. guys in it. So, what, what I what I'm thinking is the Village Church as a whole um, could, if not careful, uh, especially the the upper level of leadership that's very similar. We don't do trick shots, but we're all good friends. We all vacation yep. together. We tend to have our kids play together. It's just a really beautiful thing. But if not for rootedness and a bigger community of faith, there could be some real drift that, that happens in our lives. And so talk a little bit about the wrestle there and, and how to navigate that space, because I think what you do is beautiful and uh, what a gift of common grace. Sports is just such a gift of common grace, right? Just to celebrate yeah. and rejoice and have a, a great example of worship and celebration and despair uh, for <laughs> Aggie fans. And, uh, <laughs> no doubt. and, and so, so talk a little bit about trying to do life well in community, specifically local church community in, in this kind of life God's given you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my mind goes a lot of different directions when you ask those different questions. I think what we have decided, we've been doing this seven years now and, you know, there's five of us with five different families and all spread different directions. And what we've finally landed on is here's the different priorities in our life. And we have to find ways to protect those. And whether that's family time or whether it's like, for me, I'm working with youth group kids at watermark, you know, we've been doing that for my brother and I are both leading a group there. We've been doing that for three years and that's going to be on this night and we're going to prioritize that. And so we've, as a group done the best that we can to say, okay, we're going to protect these specific things. And when opportunities come up, you know, we're just going to have to say no to those. And, you know, granted when, you know, you're running your own business, you do have more flexibility in that than certain folks. You know, you mentioned guys in the church that, you know, might have to travel on this night and, you know, those challenges come up and we deal with those as well, but doing our absolute best to protect and prioritize around the things that, you know, we don't want to negotiate on. Yeah. It's good. For sure. And I think just navigating each individual relationship, like with your, like if you're a guy listening and you have a wife at home, like there's times when we get done filming at 2 p.m. and I'm like, okay, I could stay up here and goof around or I could go home, give my wife two hours of my time, whether it's sitting on the couch, taking her on a date or hanging out. Um, just time with her is her big thing. And so knowing that I'm going to be leaving this weekend on a trip, right? And so it's just looking ahead, scheduling, over communicating and doing our best. And, and, our trips are not that brutal. It's a two day trip typically, maybe maybe one day um from time to time. So it's not like we're gone all the time. But 
um, just kind of being aware of your schedule and, and trying to navigate that well. And then for us, like we're all in community groups at our churches and um, we really prioritize that time. We know which night everyone has something. Um, and if we have to film and extend that time, that guy is free to go. And then the other four will carry the weight. So it's just kind of over communicating what commitments you have during the week. And then knowing that because we're all believers, we're like, okay, community group is a big deal. So let's, let's prioritize that. That's awesome. That's super encouraging. You got something, Matt? Yeah, I'm, I'd love to hear because I'm always fascinated by – so we've had Lecrae on. We've had a couple other and, – and you guys are in this really unique space and so I'm always intrigued by kind of how you're thinking about it. Like at the end of each Dude Perfect video, there's not this. Now let us tell you about Jesus Christ, right. your Lord. You know, the, we've thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the um, Moses shot. So, yeah. so you're, in this, you're in this space where you're very much in the public eye. Um, two billion, right? And and you you love the Lord and 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 are committed to the local church and are so so. Where talk to us a little bit about how um, you guys are using your platform um, to exalt the name of Christ and um, tell others about the good news of the gospel. Tell us how that kind of because I, I feel like you. I, I always feel a little bit bad for guys that find themselves in the space that you're in because one yeah. one group of people wants you to man every time somebody you know anytime you have an opportunity you better be saying something right and and then another group um, thinks you should play it more subtly and use it right. in a different way and and so there's almost a an inability to win with your own brothers and sisters in Christ around no doubt. us and and so talk a little bit about how you guys are thinking about that and acting on that yeah codes I definitely want you to be able to chime in on this too so I'll take a first stab at it I think. I think so. I came, <clears throat> I came from a background of my dad has always worked in a church. So my dad and my family work at the Austin Stone, and they've worked at churches their whole life. So I've been a pastor's kid growing up, and so to me, I always thought growing up, like, man, that's what I need to do. Like, in order to use my life well, I have to be in vocational ministry. And then it was awesome to see like how God allowed this to happen, and the counsel that I continued to get even from my parents of like, you can do what you're doing to exalt Christ in your specific field. And so, um, early on, you know, I heard, um, it shared, like have the opportunity to influence influencers is a really significant thing. And so that's one thing that I think about is we do have, um, a platform in front of other folks that also have platforms. And so that's, that's very important. I think about that when we work with these athletes, you know, I mean, these guys have a great influence themselves. And so, um, when we have a chance to share our story with them or, and I always wish we would do more, right. But when we do, that's awesome. Um, I think there's a huge value as well in us creating family friendly entertainment. I think I've had that echoed to me from parents for the last few years, even as we'd started doing the TV show stuff this last year of it is unbelievably helpful to them to be able to sit down as a family and watch the TV show that we made because we're making it in a way that the entire family can enjoy it. And that's our goal for, you know, the content we make online as well. Um, but I think the other thing is just credibility with the people that we're working with day to day. I mean, me being able to work with students and them loving what we do online and them being able to invite their friends to come to our Bible study or to come to our, you know, weekend retreat. I think that in a very personal setting for me has been super cool to have that platform, um, even just for Bible study. Yeah. And this is Cody. So I served in the church as a youth pastor for two years prior to you know, leaving that uh, vocational ministry, if you will, and joining Dude Perfect full time. And for me, it was a battle. It was, okay, should we do a Moses edition and, you know, all dress <laughs> up and, you know, at the end, make this big proclamation like this is Jesus. He's a polarizing figure. We understand that some of you are going to love him, some of you are going to hate him. And and at the end of the day, we had a big coming to Jesus moment. We had an offsite and we just started to pray and, and talk together and be like, okay, what does this look like? Because this is going to be, you know, the next five, 10, who knows how long years 
of our life. And, and as believers, what are we called to? And I think for me, I'm so at peace with um, being believers, having that on our website, having moments where, because I run our social media where I'm Instagramming or I'm Snapchatting or tweeting and um, whether it's verses or encouragement or um, just showing that we're, you know, a part of a body and a, with, with community. Um, but then on those videos, getting them as, as far spread and seen by as many people as possible. Um, and, and you do not have to dig hard to find out that we're believers. 90% of our soundtracks are all Christian music, um, the way that we interact. And, and that's what I get told a lot is the minute you watch our TV show or you watch a YouTube video, you're like, okay, there's something different about Dude Perfect. And I think that that is, our, you know, our belief in Jesus Christ. And um, for us, we have 22 people during TV show season that we're rubbing shoulders with and loving on and that are extremely of this world. And, um, man, we've, we've got some really cool testimonies and some stories from based on just how we relate with one another, how we speak with one another, um, and just how we live our lives. And so, um, you know, there's, there's always a call to more. Um, and I think we continue to, to, to try and navigate that well and seek counsel from, from pastors and from, from just wise men that have gone before us and trying to figure out what that looks like. But, um, yeah, I mean, Matt, that's a, that's a great question. And it's something that we, we always love to be challenged on and, and think ahead as we move forward. Well, just to affirm you guys in that, um, just Kobe, as you said, the, the type of entertainment that you guys make, it's, it is valuable. It's, it's one that has been a value to my own family. I mean, we, we love it. We, we watch it and laugh and have a great time and, and try to mimic what you guys do in some in the backyard in some form or fashion and and so that that is that's bringing about flourishing you know in a home and to think about that translated across home after home after home and then the opportunity that, that you have in a bible study or the opportunity uh rubbing shoulders with a cast and our crew uh, on a tv show all of that matters yeah and um or the camaraderie yeah like absolutely when I, when, like the fun that you guys yes, have and the just bringing celebrating joy. when something yeah. good happens yeah. or <clears throat> and, yeah. and we do our best like we get requests probably 50 emails a day from different things but a lot are like churches could you come speak and our goal and i think andy stanley kind of modeled this for the twins and then they kind of brought it into our company but you can't say yes to everything but you can't say no or what was it but you can't say yes to it. Some things, so things, yeah. things like this, and things like we we spoke at Canacock. We've done, um, you know, hundred, you know, not hundreds, but we've done dozens of different opportunities that we think, okay, this could really leverage our platform that the Lord has given us to give back and to show people and encourage them, whether they're believers or non-believers. You know, create that message, you know, to cater yeah. to each audience. Well, guys, we're I mean, we're fans. We're big fans, and just want to affirm you and and kind of shout from the sidelines and and cheer you on as you're making great, fun, exciting sure. stuff. And we always look forward to the next video and see what you guys have up your sleeve. We laugh and we... If I Snapchatted, I would Snapchat this moment. Right? <laughs> That's amazing. But we're adults. With puppy yeah, I don't, know. I don't know how that works, honestly. I could ask my 13-year-old. Yeah, home, we but. could. I love how Cody said earlier, when I finish work at 2 and then you know, I think, gosh... Do I want to sit, sit around here and screw around a little bit longer or – Rush home. You screwed around all day, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what you work. did. So jealous. Yeah, it's awesome. So well, jealous. I want to – you know, for you guys, like I, I remember in college, even during that time when I came out of my party stage, if you will, I mean the first thing I did was Jamin Roller, one of my mentors at the time, sent me this guy named Matt Chandler to go start podcasting these every day and I literally – downed them every time i got in the car i was just just eating it up and and i i give a huge um you know credit to 
to my growth in the Lord, just from Matt and Josh, both of your sermons um, throughout my college days. And even now I podcast the heck out of your role. Amen series was, I made, I literally one day I came into the house and said, all right, everyone stop what you're doing, get your butts in here. We put it on the speakers and we listened to all three, the role of men um, episodes. I made everyone in the house, whether they were like, dude, I don't want to do this right now. I was like, you're listening to Matt. <laughs> you're so what's funny about that. Cause one of the things I like about watching you guys, especially with my son, is you interact as men. It has yeah. nothing to do with sports. It has nothing to do. You love one another. You hug one another. Give each other high fives. Celebrate one another. Do a little bit of ribbing. And I mean, it's hmm. just a good picture of what it means to be a man. Secure, fun, you know, hardworking. And and so I know we've just made some jobs. What you do is long hours. And For sure. It's work. work. It's work. And, well, and one of my fears has been that it looks like, you know, we're adolescents who never like – totally grew up and I certainly don't want that to ever be what it comes across as right because it is it is a business and we are working hard at it absolutely so I appreciate you that you know that yeah, means a lot absolutely you are uh, I, I do want to kind of end on this just thinking about Jamin Roller the advice that he gave you Cody yeah. when you were kind of wrestling with should I pursue this dude perfect thing or, or should I pursue this other job and he totally. said you know I think you should pursue the other job and and he was uh, totally wrong. So, so when Jamin Roller's <laughs> preaching here, please listen to him because yeah. he's incredible. Yeah, he's a great. But if he preacher. tries to apply that you, to your life, if you need advice, <laughs> and filter yeah. that through you a, two or three. You're going to want to look somewhere else. Oh, that's great. But yeah, again, it's an honor to have y'all on here, and just again, want to affirm what you do, celebrate it, pray for you guys, and just uh, thank the Lord for you. So, thanks for being on the show. You Absolutely, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, so here's a new segment, Slow Takes, and, and every time I hear the name, I think Slow Jams. Yeah, and, R&B is what yeah, I think. Yeah, and that's not, that's not what it is. Slow Takes is our attempt to just slow down and take a little bit more of a measured view and, and take on a particular topic. Uh, so much of our world is sound bites and quick hits and kind of hot takes, and we, we just want to slow it down a bit, have a conversation It's a little bit more in-depth around a particular topic. And this time we're going to talk about the Olympics. Um, if, if your home is like my home, and it, it may or may not be, but uh, we're in, we're watching, we're recording it, yeah, we're we talking about it, we're sitting around, we're, we're reviewing it and cheering. And it, it is funny that, that there's like two camps here, right? There are people that just love the yeah, Olympics totally. and everything kind of, let's settle down, the Olympics are on, we're watching yeah. it. But then I meet people all the time and it's like, yeah, no, I don't, I, don't watch, I don't watch any of it. And I think viewership is actually down this year against the last one. At least that's what somebody told me. But it's interesting because everyone I'm talking to is in. They're watching. They saw this. They watched. They watched Group this text race. Yeah, up it's nine. just yeah, often people who never actually watch sports for sure. outside of it. Either, for sure. So. Um, and and so the question has been, what's the draw there? Like, what is it about the Olympics that is so appealing? That's that's such a draw that seems to transcend culture. It seems to transcend context. I mean, the very nature of the Olympics is it's an international global. event. It's a global event uh, that that is beyond one particular nation, one particular race, one particular group that that brings us together in some sense uh, around uh, this month long festival. Of, of sports and pageantry and all of these things. Let me, let me read this quote uh, from a guy named Kyle Porter, one of our members here at The Village. He wrote a blog for our website. Here, here's what he said in terms of the draw to the Olympics. He writes, We will watch Michael Phelps' last stand, Usain Bolt's sprint for his own world record, and the transformation of gymnast Simone Biles from an unknown wonder kid to international superstar. We'll get sucked in by these stories, and the reason we'll get sucked in is because as human beings, we are transfixed on the pursuit of perfection. It is who we are. As I think about that, there's something there that resonates. I mean, I certainly 
Uh, I watched Phelps last stand and it was remarkable as he kind of finishes with the gold medal. I watched Usain Bolt uh, again, just kind of casually cross the finish line first as he's done seven for seven times. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And, and by the time this thing airs, he'll probably be nine for nine, uh, which is remarkable. Uh, I watched Simone Biles just do things that seem impossible for somebody to do. And, but for me, it's not so much uh, the idea of a chase for perfection. Um, it's, more, it's more this pursuit and this process and this performance that's a draw for me. And I'll flesh mine out here in a little bit, but I, I'm curious to know for you guys, what, what do you think is the draw here as yeah. we're thinking about this biblically through a gospel lens or even culturally? So I, I think there's always, a, there's always a desire to kind of see where you fit in things. I don't know if that's universally true, but, but I think that— I know, always ask, how do I, measure I do that? <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I know you, so I'm glad you caught the subversiveness of what I was trying to do there, Josh. But, so I, you know, I, I think the draw—because like, here's the thing. My seven-year-old daughter, who I, I don't think at seven— is really kind of where this article is or that to her, it's just magical. Like the whole thing, even sports that she could watch, like when the the American basketball team's playing. For her, it's the Olympics. So for whatever reason, my seven-year-old's mind, there's a wonderment and an awe that she's drawn into that has to do with the pageantry of it, that has to do with how you celebrate the victories. And, you know, I I don't know what it is, but I – I think it's a universal human desire to be a part of something big. Mm. And, and we can participate in this, right? Be, because I'm an American. I'm a part of this, which is absurd, but it's, it's how we feel. Like people, I mean, their patriotism is like never seen. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> we're all about the United States of America. We're all about the country of origin, you know. And so there's something about, I think, the wonderment of it. And then there's something about – getting to participate by being a citizen of the country. Yeah, I, I don't know if I um I don't know if I get into the competition side of things. I just don't consider myself to be a very competitive person. I guess maybe if trivia was introduced, I'd get really into that brand of competition at the Olympics, <laughs> but it's not. And so I think part of the thing that draws me is what Kyle mentions in that article, which is that every four years we have this big event that is uh, on a international scale. And at this event, what are we lifting up? But we're lifting up, uh, particularly in the opening ceremonies, we're lifting up a world that's unified, but uh, but in reality, the world is really divided. Uh, and we're, we're lifting up these bodies that are really have been trained and are built and created free from a lot of disability and weakness, and yet yeah. the, our world is full of bodies that are really broken. And yeah. We lift up this kind of competition that's supposed to be pure, and that's why there's all the rage over doping or uh, deceit or collusion or compromise in the Olympic Committee. And so every four years, there's this one big event which really almost stands as kind of this symbol of the world we'd like to be. We'd like to be this kind of world, and every four years we get to get together and try to tell one another this story of ourselves, and we love that. It's like story. there's a myth behind it, right? There, there's there's something that's driving that that is sure. mythical in a sense. Well, yeah, and, and I mean that in the in the way that maybe C.S. Lewis would use the word myth. Oh. That, that there, it's a myth that is true. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and particularly when you look at the historic connections of the Olympics. I mean, you think about the fact that in its earliest inception, it was closely tied with the religious philosophy of this empire, that it was it was connected to this religious system of thinking. And then if you think about it, it's the revival of the Olympics by uh, Pierre Coubertin, who the Frenchman wow. who revived. Wow. The, yeah, yeah, there you go. Pierre who? Coubertin. <laughs> yep. That's yep. good. In 1896, uh, who who really helped resurrect the Olympics um, to promote what he considered to be this kind of natural religion. Uh, and so, yeah, it's absolutely connected. If you go to the uh, Olympic Committee website, you'll find that they advocate a spirit of Olympism, which is a philosophy of life for them. And so, yeah, it's a very intentional thing of trying to cultivate this image of the world that we are. And I think that's one of the reasons we're drawn to it, is we'd like to believe that that world is true. And maybe one day that kind of world will be true. Yeah, and I think it's it's the opening ceremony for me every single year that where that awe, where that that world that maybe we long for. And I think I always, I always see on my Twitter feed, everyone talking about revelation, the picture of all tribes, tongues, and nations, you know, really on display, but there's something about that moment, even if it's really on the outs, it's just a facade really. And there's, you know, we know about all the different issues that are going on behind this event. And even with these nations, but just to see that for a moment, everyone together, these beautiful, different races expressed, different types of athletes who we are going to see doing lots of different things, but just to see them in that moment coming in, representing their countries, it, it's, I think there's something very spiritual, very biblical about that, that, that is evoked. And I think that that's why we feel that way to some degree, even if it's somewhat superficial in the end. Well, there, there is something obviously superficial about it is this, this is all, kind of put together and produced and all of that. But but it does touch a nerve in a good way. It, it strikes a chord, I guess is a better phrase to use with that, where you are longing for a world like that, where there is a coming together in what appears uh, to be friendly fashion and unity. And, and we're going to shift here in a little bit and talk about some of the harsher realities of the Olympics uh, and, and how as believers we don't want to turn a blind eye to those things. But, but there is a very real sense in which, and you long for that day, how great it would be to fill a stadium and, and everyone support and cheer and recognize the, the purity of the game, so to speak. And, um, and so we don't want to look at that with a naivety, but you do look at, at that with a longing. If I'm, if I'm kind of interacting a bit with Kyle Porter's article and his quote about perfection, for me, it's not so much the pursuit of perfection um, because there are some elements of the games where there, there is not perfection. You know, you can run the perfect race, so to speak, and you run a, a 401 mile uh, and and then you run a perfect race four years later and you run a 353, right? And so there's always seemingly a way to be better. Um, and for me, what what is the draw is – and I realize there are some sports where you can get a perfect score. You can, you can get a perfect 10 or a perfect 16 or whatever it may be. And we think about diving and gymnastics and some of those. But there there is this performance – and it's a performance of those image bearers who have been gifted and endowed with, with remarkable gifts from their creator God, from our creator God. And just to kind of step back and marvel and go, isn't that amazing? Um, and I think the longing of, if I think about a football season or a basketball season or a baseball season, which never seems to end, there is, there is a, a waiting for this. And it's, it's like, 
now is the moment, right? So if you if you take Usain Bolt's race, there is a buildup. And the buildup isn't just the, the 30 minutes before the race. It's the previous four years before the race. There's a training and a longing and a steadfastness and a perseverance that is all kind of culminating into what will now be this sub 10 seconds of history. And there's so much wrapped up in, into that. And then to watch them do what they do, and they do it better than anybody else in the world, is it's remarkable. It kind of lifts me up in a sense. Um, and to think of a God who creates, to think of a God who gives us these types of abilities to do these things. So it's, it is the image bearing. It is the performance. It's kind of the, the artistry behind all of it that I think is, is so powerful. And you see this juxtaposed when there's a failure, mm. when there's a mistake, yeah. when uh, you know, I think about the sprinter and the 110-meter hurdles from France who he did his four years of training. He longed. He, he, he made it right up to this and has a false start and is disqualified like he's out and to see the frustration and the hurt and the anguish or or the runners in the 5000 meters the two women who tripped over each other and to watch that and to think about and this moment it it has passed right um and so all of that for me makes the olympics um unique it stands over and against uh, so many other events uh in terms of sports that i'm drawn to but the Olympic Games are, are remarkable to me uh, for those reasons, both the summer and the winter games. Um, so, so we're talking about all the the amazing things, God's image on display, um, what we see as unity and diversity and all these things that resonate with us. And so, you know, the, the Olympics have officially come and gone for us now. We're, we're after them, you know, and we're reflecting on them. So thinking about when they're here again, there's this other darker side yeah, of the of Olympics. There's the, you know, we see the doping issues. We, we see the social impact on that the Olympics has on a city, for example, just all the different things. And even other thinking about other sporting events as well, like FIFA and the world cup. Uh, I, I was listening to another podcast recently that they were saying something and it may be a made up stat, but that there will be people that lose their lives in order to prepare in Qatar for the next World Cup um, in, in terms of construction and things yeah. like that. So I'm just trying to think about at where does the Christian draw the line or navigate how do they how do we navigate what's good, true, good, and beautiful really with the Olympics versus what's very gross and evil and and really in contrast to everything we would we would believe in. So I, I think the line's always going to be hard to find, right? I think there's a matter of conscience here. There's a matter of information here. What information do we have? How's that hit our conscience? What does it actually look like to um, engage, to not engage? What, what does faithful compromise look like? And so uh, I know there are examples in history where um, a, a deep conviction rooted out of the Word of God began to switch the mindset of certain cultural elites who then began to withdraw um, from those sporting events, I'm thinking main, mainly of the gladiatorial games in Rome, where as Christianity spread, the cultural elites who actually funded and purchased and supported um, that sport for all these years began to go, this is out of step with being made in the image of God. This is evil and sinful. And they withdrew. So there there comes a moment, but I, but I think I think we can't pretend that it's as simple as going, this is the line. 
So, right. it, and it seems like that we make compromises all the time as Christians. Yeah. Anytime that we interact with culture, because there are going to be institutions and systems and processes and things like that. Even if the thing itself looks good, there sin was somehow involved, right? Well, yeah, and that's and, that's true of every institution and everything we've yeah. ever watched or been a part of, or like that's even true about the institution that we're in in a local church. So it's got its weaknesses, it's got its blind spots, it's got its areas that we need to by the grace of God, see more clearly and repent. And so I, I think they're, the, the Christian is salt and light. And so so in the sulfate, salt is always best as a minority ingredient in any dish, right? And so we're there and 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 we're flavoring things a certain way. And and so you, you don't want to just kind of pull or make the full-on withdraw, um, but you do want to be informed, um, be rooted in the word of God, and and then operate under conscience. So if we're thinking about the line, you know, you're using that analogy. My my sense would be my encouragement, my my um, as I reflect on this would be awareness of a line, awareness that as I'm watching uh, NBC broadcasts the opening ceremonies, that I'm aware that that there are political realities behind these world leaders who are sitting in this stadium. Yeah. I think about uh, the games in Beijing when um, the the day of those games, when opening, pr- ceremony. opening ceremony, President Bush is there, just a few seats down is, is Putin, uh, Vladimir Putin, who was not the president at the time, but they had just invaded the country, I think of Georgia, yeah. that day, the day of the opening ceremony. That is political theater. That was not on accident. That was not... So if you remember, if you were watching, the cameras continually yeah, they kept coming them. to them. They kept to, coming they to them. They were sitting in the same shot. And so there... I just want to be aware of that. I want to interact with that critically and be aware that there is a line. There is a there is a space in which I may need to withdraw. I may need to conscientiously object to this. But there are some really beautiful things in it. And so there's a dance that the Christian is playing. And that the Christian is playing this dance all the time. Uh, there is no uh, oh, the clothes they wear, the oh, food they absolutely. eat, and has always yeah. been playing it. Yeah. I mean, think about the story of Daniel. What is Daniel doing? But at some points, conscientiously objecting to marks of Babylon, while at the same time working for the good yeah. of that place right. in exile. And so, yeah, I think this is not this is not something that the Christian now is having to uh, come up with this system of like, how are we going to do this? It's just faithful improv on this over the whole course of the history of the church. And, yeah, and, but, I, and I would say that a press for us as believers is to, as we watch the Olympics, not to just, uh, we're going to be consumers for this season, but how are we going to create culture and change culture through sports locally and with our families? You know, the, the teams we might coach, if, if it's our kids, if it's, you know, local sporting events and things like that, what's our personal involvement? What are we giving back to sports in a sense? And I think that the Christian does have a responsibility to not just consume, consume, consume when it comes to things like this, but to actually, you know, be involved. I think that's, that's a longer, what... slow take conversation. If we're talking about how to faithfully <laughs> engage in, in neighborhood <laughs> sports, but but I'm I'm going to steal Kyle's phrase there of faithful improv and and kind of bring it back into um, the biblical understanding of wisdom is the art of um, faithful gospel living. And that comes from a healthy rootedness in the fear of the Lord. We think about how the book of Proverbs begins. It begins by saying that if you want wisdom, you fear the Lord. And then you begin to navigate. You begin to walk through different spheres and circles of life. And it's an art. It's not something that you're 
you're endowed with and have, you grow in this. It's a muscle that you begin to work and flex and and it develops. And so you begin to learn how to navigate the Olympics just like you're going to learn to navigate the political season that we find ourselves in. You begin to navigate what it means to engage in public schools and what it means to, uh, to shop at this particular store or not shop at this particular store. And you're flexing the muscles of wisdom that are developed over time. And I think Faithful Improv is a great way to talk about that. And so... Man, slow take segment. We could we could slow down and talk a lot more about this. We just don't we just don't have time. But yeah. uh, enjoyed the conversation with you guys. We'll see you next time. Anything you heard us talk about on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find the details on our website at thevillagechurch.net. You can look at the episode page there and find all of that information. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about the Trinity uh, with JT English and Dr. Michael Reeves specifically. Uh, why this particular doctrine uh, is essential and how it applies to everyday life uh, for the believer and much, much more. So if you have any questions, let us know on social media using the hashtag AskTVC. God bless.